Good morning and welcome to Emmanuel. Thank you for joining us today. Hope it's warm enough for you. When we gather for service, it is God who brings us to service, and we open our hearts and minds with the help of the Holy Spirit to receive the blessing he hopes to give us today. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins... God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done, And by what we have left undone, we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become the children of God and bestows on them the Holy Spirit. May the Lord who has begun this good work in us Bring it to completion in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The Old Testament reading for the seventh Sunday after Trinity is from Genesis chapter 2. Then the Lord formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. And the Lord planted a garden in Eden in the east, And there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground, the Lord, the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. A river flowed out of Eden to water the garden. And there it divided and became four rivers. The name of the first is the Pishon. It is the one that flowed around the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. Bedellium and onyx stone are there. The name of the second river is the Gihon. It is the one that flowed around the whole land of Cush. And the name of the third river is the Tigris, which flows east out of Assyria. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle lesson comes from Paul's letter to the Romans, the sixth chapter. Paul writes, 
I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. When you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? The end of those things is death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Would you please rise to hear the words of the Holy Gospel found today in Mark chapter 8. In those days, when again a great crowd had gathered and they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way. And some of them have come from far away. And the disciples answered him, How can one feed these people with bread here in this desolate place? And Jesus asked them, How many loaves do you have? They said, Seven. And he directed the crowd to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves, and having given thanks... He broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before the people, and they set them before the crowd. And they had a few small fish, and having blessed them, he said that these also should be set before them. And they ate and were satisfied. And they took up the broken pieces left over, seven baskets full. And there were about 4,000 people, and he sent them away. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. For you are our strength and you are our redeemer. Amen. We're talking about the Lord's Prayer. We're talking about the fact that I submit to you that the Lord's Prayer tells us what Jesus wants us to want. But I also want you to face the fact that the Lord's Prayer is a terrific challenge. In my 74, near 75 years, I figure I've probably prayed the Lord's Prayer more than 100,000 times. And... I hope God excuses me. I excuse myself for it to become a little bit just automatic. I can pray the prayer and never really have to think about it at all. But I think that the gift that Jesus gave to the disciples and the gift he gave to us is a list of challenges that is truly a blessing to us. The Lord's Prayer is a challenge to all of God's people. Can you? Will you? Think like Jesus thinks. Value what Jesus values. Want 
what Jesus wants you to want? Last week we heard that in the first ten words of the Lord's Prayer, there were a bunch of challenges laid before us. Do you celebrate the wonderful blessing, the incredible gift of communicating with our Father? When we say our, do you think that that means I am praying this prayer with Jesus, the author of the prayer, and with every other Christian? Our, all of us. And we are praying to our Father who gave us life, who supports us in this life, who wants to give us eternal life. Can you celebrate those wonderful gifts in those first two words? And then, can you boldly and confidently show that faith is a big and important part of you? Can you boldly and confidently express your faith with the simple phrase, who art in heaven? Now, why is that an expression of faith? Well... Locate heaven for me. Or describe heaven for me. And you can't do either, but you can proudly believe it. I think that as as Christians in general, we are a little bit more hesitant than we ought to be to say, I believe in God because God did the miracle of belief in me. It's not my accomplishment. It's not my choice. It's not just a result of my upbringing, it is the power of God reaching out to try to bless me. It is my father, your father, our father being wonderfully good to us. And then in those first 10 words, can you value your relationship with the God who is so unique that even his holy name deserves respect above all other names of all other things. Can you, in those first ten words, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, can you grasp all those challenges and recommit yourself to meeting them? But the challenges continue. Today, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come. Luther says, the Lord's kingdom comes indeed without our prayer, but we pray in this petition that it comes in us. Well, that's certainly true. That's part of that admission that I am a child of God by the gift of God. I have faith because God gave me that faith. I encourage that faith by being here on a Sunday morning, by reading the scripture, by praying by allowing the gifts of God to continually flow into me and into my life. Luther explains in another location that God actually manages to juggle two kingdoms. His kingdom of power, which is the kingdom that he created when he created the world, that he made all of us, everything, even air conditioners that don't work. He made a kingdom of power. He does that. But he also has a wonderful other kingdom to which we, thank God, have been enrolled. And that is his kingdom of grace. The kingdom he made possible by the gift of his son to pay for the guilt debt that every human being owned. We have already confessed today that we are guilty by nature. 
that we are guilty in who we are, in what we say, what we think, what we do, and every word of that is true. There's a reason why there's always a confession of faith when we gather, because it's necessary. A confession of sins simply reflects the reality of our lives. But when we say, thy kingdom come, we're saying to the Lord, intervene in my sinful life as I live in this sinful environment, as I grow older and weaker, but never much better. Thy kingdom come to me, Lord. And then we ask, thy will be done. Can you put the will of God above your own will in the conduct of your life? Sometimes the choice is pretty stark and you can't miss it. But sometimes it just kind of sneaks up on us that, oh my, I did what God would have me never do. I didn't do the thing that I know God would have loved to see me do. But here we pray, here we are challenged that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we confess our sins, we simply admit that we have failed to meet this challenge successfully. But then we have an announcement of forgiveness for Jesus' sake, because he paid the price. He ransomed us from the future we deserve because of our sin. And we see that God's forgiving action is all around us and in us. His will is being done, not necessarily by us, but by him through us. And the main evidence of that will is our faith. If you believe that God exists, if you believe that God loves you, if you believe that God loved you enough that he sacrificed his son to pay for your shortcomings, well, then you are meeting that challenge of God's will being done in you. And then we say, we want that done on earth as it is in heaven. When heaven comes, wherever it is, whatever form it takes, the proper definition of heaven is that that's where God's will rules everything. In heaven, God's will is all there is. That's all we need. And in heaven, that's all we'll want. So in order to give us the ability, the courage to take on the challenge of thy kingdom come and to begin to experience God's will guiding our life, God gives us taste, little snippets, little hors d'oeuvres of the wonderful feast of heaven. His word, his sacraments, sometimes referred to as a foretaste of the feast to come. But perhaps in this second segment of the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, is the ultimate way that God's kingdom comes. How will God's kingdom finally, perfectly, completely, eternally come to you? Well, you have to die first. You have to allow God's complete gift of grace to be complete in you by being with him in heaven. Have you ever considered that? Thy kingdom come is a challenge to God say, I don't fear death. I actually kind of anticipate it. I want it because that will be when your kingdom comes to me completely. When we die, 
and enter his perfect kingdom of heaven forever, his will will have been done and will continue to be done in us. Can we live this life? However long God God's will grants you earthly life with a joyful anticipation of the heavenly eternity to come. That's a challenge, a challenge in the Lord's Prayer. That's a gift that Jesus gave us when he gave us this prayer. That's just one more challenge to think about when we as Christians once again utter those words of the Lord's Prayer. Because in that prayer, we learn what Jesus wants us to want. Amen. We are the people of God because of God's action in us. We have faith because God has given us that gift of faith. And we need to understand it and we need to confess it. And other people need to know what we can tell them about that gift. And we can do all of that as we confess our faith. In the words of the Apostles, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and he sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Almighty and eternal God, worthy to be held in reverence by all people everywhere, we give you humble and sincere thanks for all the blessings that you have bestowed on us without any merit or worthiness on our part. We praise you especially for preserving for us your saving word and the holy sacraments. Grant and preserve to your holy church throughout the world purity of doctrine and provide faithful pastors to preach your word with power. Help all who hear the word rightly to understand and truly to believe it. Send laborers into your harvest and open the door of faith to those who do not know you. In mercy, bring to repentance the enemies of your church and grant them amendment of life. Protect and defend your church in all tribulation and danger. Strengthen us and all fellow Christians to set our hope on the grace revealed in Christ and help us to fight the good fight of faith, that in the end, we may receive the salvation of our souls. Bestow your grace on all nations of the earth. Bless especially our country, its inhabitants, and all who are in authority. Let your glory dwell in our land, that mercy and truth, righteousness and peace may abound in all places. We commend to you the care of our schools, so that our children may grow in useful knowledge and Christian virtue, and thus bring forth wholesome fruits of life. Graciously defend us from all calamity by fire and water, from war and pestilence, from scarcity and famine, and from every other evil. 
Protect and prosper all who labor in their rightful callings, and let all useful arts flourish among us. Be the God and Father of the lonely and the forsaken, the helper of the sick and the needy, the comforter of the distressed and those who sorrow. Except we implore you, our bodies and souls, our hearts and minds, our talents and powers, together with the offerings we bring before you as our humble service. Grant your Holy Spirit to those who come to the Lord's table this day, that they may receive the body and blood of Jesus Christ in sincere repentance and in firm faith and to their own abundant blessing. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work. And when our last hour comes, support us by your power and receive us into your heavenly kingdom through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now together, we the people of God, Pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray to our Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he gave that bread to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, our Lord took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he blessed it, and he gave that cup to his disciples, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And now all is prepared, and we prepare our hearts and minds to receive the very presence of our Lord in the Lord's Supper. Heavenly Father, make us appropriately grateful for all of your gifts to us, for the gift of your word, the gift of Jesus' presence in this holy meal, for the gift of the Lord's Prayer. Lord, we thank you for all your gifts Allow us to live lives that show that gratitude. Amen. And now may the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord make his face shine on us and be gracious to us. May the Lord look upon us with his favor. And may he give us his peace. Amen.